0: Welcome to Deeper Walks on the Trail podcast. You are on the trail with father-daughter duo Marcus and Stephanie Warner. I'm Stephanie, and I'll be talking with my father, Dr. Marcus Warner, as we discuss topics that help you stay on the trail to a deeper walk with God. Episode 52. We are continuing our series on joy. Today we are looking at how to attack toxic thinking. Hello, father.
1: Hello, daughter. Good to be together again.
0: Yes, yes, yes. And hey, I'm in an adventurous mood. So for our icebreaker, here's the question. If you had the chance, would you rather take a helicopter tour of the Grand Canyon or a catamaran tour of one of the Hawaiian islands?
1: That is a great question. Uh, I've never been in a helicopter so that is intriguing. It would be very adventurous. And I don't know what a catamaran is. But. Oh, like the boat. <laughs> I mean, like, the boat. Okay. <laughs> the boat yeah, yeah. No, I, I've actually been on a boat uh, around uh, the island of Kauai, and that was amazing. We had a, a whale come up next to us and uh, check us out. That was pretty cool. Um, so I'll probably I'll go with the helicopter just because it's it's new and exciting.
0: Mm. That would be new and exciting, and I would be very happy to do that. I'm going to choose the catamaran and um, huzzah for that. As we discussed last episode, yay for ocean. Um, Yeah. All right. Well, let's just dive right into it. (laughs) Uh, One of the great joy robbers of humanity is negative thinking. And on the podcast, we've talked about beliefs and taking thoughts captive before. So today, let's talk about how to attack toxic thoughts that steal our joy. And also, just to clarify, we're talking about attacking our own toxic thinking, not like other people's toxic thinking right now. <laughs> yeah.
1: This is not a political show on attacking other no, people's yeah, other no. things. Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, part of, um, part of tearing down the house of fear and building a house of joy is learning to joy map instead of fear map our world. And toxic thoughts can affect our outlook on life and so discord in our relationships with God and with others, and even affect our bodies. So, Dad, let's do a little bit more brain science. Can you explain for us the VLE, the Verbal Logical Explainer, and how it affects our thoughts?
1: All right. So, the VLE, to my knowledge, it was Dr. Carl Amon, uh, board-certified psychiatrist and one of the f- uh, founders of Emanuel uh, Prayer Ministry, who coined that term, VLE. It occurs in his book, Outsmarting Yourself. And uh, the idea here is in kind of layman's terms, right? The right side of your brain has an experience and the left side of your brain has to interpret it. But if the right side of your brain goes into a cramp and shuts down so that you don't get your higher level brain functions, then it shoots that, it shoots that interpretive process prematurely over to the left side of the brain, which now is trying to create a, nar- a simple narrative to explain what you're feeling without all the data. I don't know.
0: The- Very good. And also, I just have to clarify, were layman's terms or layman's oh, terms? <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: No, that's a good, good clarification. Uh, for people who uh, are not board-certified psychiatrists okay. and do not have... <laughs> that uh, sort
0: of layman, and, not, yeah, not no, that, layman. I didn't even think about that.
1: That's true. It's a complicated word, right? Verbal or a term, verbal and logical and explainer. So the idea here is that the the kind of the cognitive engine on the left side of our brain um, puts into words what we're thinking and attaches a narrative to it and tries to come up with a logical explanation for what we're feeling. And so the classic example I've, you know, heard used is you're walking down the street and somebody with red hair walks by and all of a sudden you feel incredible sadness and you don't know why. So you're verbal logical explainer will create a narrative for you to explain why you're feeling this way. And it could be dead wrong, right? It could say, well, you know, you have some traumatic memory with red haired people, or, you know, uh, it just doesn't know, but it's going to put together whatever data it does have and create a logical narrative out of it, um, no matter whether it's true or not. And so the idea is that one of the reasons that this is so important is that our emotions don't really know fact from fiction and we can't rely on our emotions just because something feels really true to us. Doesn't mean that it's true.
0: I was just uh, in a book club with some friends and, um, we were talking about how somebody just asked, like, have you ever noticed that what you're reading just affects your mood or whatever? Like, oh, I'm reading this book, you know, and the book we were reading at that point, there was a um, a husband who who left his family and one of my friends was like, my husband is here and great, but he walked in the door and I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm mad at you. She had I'm mad like, at all men. Yeah. And yes. she was like, and I had to walk myself back. Like, no, I'm not mad at my husband right now. <laughs> I was very engrossed in that story. Yeah, And, and everybody was just like sharing like, yep, yep. I ca- catch myself in that all the time. Like, oh, this was a sad book or this was a happy book or whatever. And it was, a, it like affects.
1: Well, it's the same with music. I remember when I was, uh, Uh, your age, I was painting houses uh, for a living and it was common to have the radio on in the background. And some days we'd be listening to music and most music are love songs. And so you find yourself thinking about relationships and girls you've known and all this other stuff because of the music is just on that theme. And other times you're listening to political commentary shows, you know, and so your mind's on all the stuff going on in the culture. And other times you're listening to a baseball game or something like that. And it just so radically affects kind of the mood you're in and the thoughts that are run through your head. And, um, which is why the Bible uh, tells us meditate on the word of God, you know, in the morning and in the evening, do this regularly. Keep your mind on things like this because it is so easy for us to get caught up in uh, the world of emotions created by our narratives.
0: Yeah, I often think about it in terms of like, what is discipling you, and that, and, and that can even like, what is discipling your emotions. <laughs> you know, what is? Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that made me think of that. What uh, What are some common sources for toxic thoughts? Like, are they always? Just triggered by, you know, amygdala or. <laughs> yeah, many. no
1: toxic thoughts. I, I I say ultimately it all goes back to the devil, right? Because his title is the father of lies. So father means I'm the fountainhead of something. I'm the source of all of it. So the idea is that if there is a lie, I'm believing if there's a false toxic belief. Then ultimately the devil's responsible for it. So it doesn't mean the devil's talking to me. It doesn't even mean I have a demon, but it means at some level it puts me in sync with that side of the equation, and it puts me in step with what the father of lies is doing and not what the spirit of truth is doing. And so if I want to keep in step with the spirit, right, and I've got to learn how to take thoughts captive, how to attack these toxic thoughts, so I can get um, myself back in step with, uh, with God.
0: So we'll often talk about the world, the flesh, and the devil. Um, and they're – They give you a different, you know, you might pass a billboard or you might uh, have somebody um, stir up anger in you or uh, I don't know. I'm not. Well, yeah, so
1: the way Carl Payne explains this is the world is anything external to me that is triggering something. And the flesh is anything internal to me that is triggering something. And so the example I've heard him use many times is so I go past a billboard and I see a picture of a donut. All of a sudden I'm thinking about donuts. I wasn't thinking about donuts till I saw the billboard. He so said, on the other hand, I could be home alone, you know, on my bed and start thinking about donuts. So I don't need the, uh, that's, he said, that's my flesh. That's coming from inside of me. And then,
0: and then, in a very bizarre scenario, the devil might whisper, "Donuts." Donuts. <laughs> <But>. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm sure he has his favorites too. Yeah. No, I'm it's. Sorry.
0: A... <laughs> I'm getting slap happy. Okay. <laughs> so, so how do we handle toxic thoughts that, like, do we handle toxic thoughts differently depending on where they come from?
1: Yes. So again, referring back to Carl, uh, Doctor Payne, the. Uh, with things coming from the world, the answer is to um, run, right? So flee sexual morality, flee the things of the world. Um, like he used the example of somebody who would drive home past a porn shop on his way home, and too often he found himself pulling in. And so he, Dr. Payne's solution was well, drive a different way home. You know, the guy was like, but that would take an extra half an hour. And I'm like, ask your wife which one she prefers, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so he's like, run from that. Don't put yourself in that position. Uh, Get away from it. The uh, internally, you can't run away from yourself, right? It's it's, kind of with you. So you have to replace. You have to replace the thought. So you run from the one, you replace with the other. If you can't run and you can't replace, then you're probably dealing with some attack from the enemy and that's resist. So you resist the enemy and you make him run, right? Mm -hmm. You make him flee. And so those are the three core strategies.
0: Cool. If our toxic thoughts are triggered by an upset emotion, what is a good strategy for attacking those thoughts?
1: Well, let me just say, first of all, that um, when it comes to emotions, our thought life runs two directions. One is our emotions can trigger thoughts. So sometimes because I'm feeling this emotion, it's reminding me of all the things that I tend to think when I feel this way. On the other hand, my emotions can get triggered by what I'm thinking, so we're very familiar with that one, right? And that is that my my uh, what I believe triggers the way I feel, but it can go the other way around too, and that is what I'm feeling can trigger what I'm thinking about. So it's got so we kind of need for both. So when we talk about resist resisting the devil and fleeing from the world and you know replacing uh, toxic thoughts, that's that's, those are all strategies that are related to this at its heart. When it comes to, when it comes to like my emotions, triggering thoughts, uh, got this idea and I, it really was crystallized for me by Dr. Amen, Daniel Amen, who, uh, uh, was describing these as automatic negative thoughts or ants and the automatic negative thoughts tend to swarm, right. Whenever we feel these emotions. And so he tells a story about an eight year old boy, you know, who was struggling with anxiety and depression. And he taught this boy how to, in in Christian terms, take his thoughts captive, but how to turn his brain into an anteater by coming up with a game plan that says, you know what? Every time I feel these emotions, the same thoughts keep coming up in my head. So why don't I go ahead and come up with a game plan for what I'm going to do the next time this happens? And that game plan is: what are the th- new thoughts I'm going to replace those old thoughts with? So I think that's uh, that's hugely helpful.
0: Well, and, and it's, so it's helpful to make like a T-bar chart. Happen.
1: Yeah, so that's what the point of a T-bar chart is. Like on one side of the of the of the chart, you've got this is what I currently believe. That's when when I feel upsetting things, and uh, on the other side is this is what God wants me to be thinking instead. So you can think of it: these are the lies, and this is the truth. But honestly, that can be confusing for people because sometimes the, the the beliefs that are coming don't feel like lies, and sometimes they're not total lies, right? And so we just say, these are the the beliefs, the toxic thinking that kind of robs me of my peace. These are the on, automatic
0: negative thoughts. These
1: are the automatic negative thoughts on this side. These are the anteater thoughts on the other side. So I do find that helpful. First time I actually saw this um, in, in in person as an actual strategy, as my first week as a pastor. And um, a lady in the church lost her her college age son uh, in a tragic car accident. He was engaged to be married. He had just graduated. He was about to go to med school in the fall. I mean, just yeah. I tragic. mean, and it goes on and on and on. But the uh, so, but what I I associated with this is I gave her the assignment to keep a journal, and I said, and start your day every morning by asking God two questions. So number one, what lies does the devil want me to believe today? What is the devil's attacking thought for me today? Write it down. And then say, God, what is the thought you want me to hold on to instead? So that you're just going to replace that immediately and you've got your strategy and your start. So it's like day by day building out your, your strategy against this. Well, several years later, she emailed me and basically said, thank you for that exercise. It probably saved my life. Right, and because that's how profound our thought life can be when it comes to this stuff.
0: Well, and it makes so much sense because you know another paradigm that we we talk about a lot is WLVS: wounds, lies, vows, strongholds. So if you have been wounded and you are actively watching for the lies and replacing them with truth and seeking God in the midst of it, then hopefully you won't carry out the rest of that pattern, right?
1: Exactly, and that's where the real prayer pattern actually c- comes from. Is that. What happens when we invite Jesus to meet us in painful memories is we get two things. One, we get a, 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 an attachment with somebody who's happy to be with us in that memory so that we're not alone in it. And secondly, we get a new perspective on the memory. We get truth that replaces the lies. So it uproots the lies, replaces it with truth, and it takes out the sense of being alone and what we're going through, because Jesus is there with us. So, in in that sense, it addresses both the right and the left brain issues that we have: our right brain attachment needs and our left brain narrative.
0: Mm-hmm. And we we talked about uh, real prayer several episodes ago. So, if anybody is jumping in new to the joy series, yeah,
1: real prayer is remember the uh, past wound, explore that wound, um, ask Jesus to heal it. Pay it and then listen to what he does and look around and revisit the memory and see if anything changes. So that's the super simple overview. Mm
0: -hmm. So, in the context of CASA, which is the uh, acrostic that you use in your new book, The Four Habits of Joy Filled People, um, you attacking toxic thinking is the final A. Um, You have calming and appreciating and storytelling and attacking toxic thinking. And um, how do you envision? Like, is this just an a la carte, you know, you do these things when, you know, you need them or is there a, a generally best practice order?
1: Well, if you think about it, the uh, first two calming and appreciating are largely r- the right brain acti- building activities and the storytelling and the, um, attacking toxic thinking is the left brain. So that's dealing with our narrative. And the other one is, is dealing with the pr- appreciation kind of connects to both, but appreciation by its nature is relational because I'm grateful to someone. Right. So the, uh, uh, so what happens is that as a general pattern, practicing these things over time, create habits, which is where the title comes from, right? That is, I want to develop the habit of calming quickly. I want to develop the habit of bouncing back, right? And I want to practice the habit of turning my brain into something that amplifies appreciation instead of fear. And then I want to get in the habit of telling myself stories and sharing with other people these uh, emotional stories that have a positive point to them. And then Where I turn my brain into an anteater, after a while, it starts attacking these toxic thoughts automatically without me, you know, I'm not, it's not no longer a laborious conscious process that I'm going through. So to that extent, all of these things can be thought of like, you know, learning to play the piano, you know, it's going to go slow and maybe be awkward at first, but the more we practice it, it gets uh, to be second nature. And then we can start just kind of experiencing it instead of thinking our way through every step.
0: Yeah. Well, and on the relational the relational note, I know I made a joke at the beginning that um, we're talking about attacking toxic thinking in ourselves and not others. But if you are, you know, if you have a loved one or somebody who is, you know, you just you know that they are having toxic thoughts. um, Could you give us just maybe a tip or a strategy for maybe how to help them or to help yourself with them?
1: Well, yeah, it's uh, this brings us back honestly to the VCR concept, and that is the main thing we want to do is keep a relational bridge uh, open. Um, the exception, to, there's an exception to this, i so will get to in a second. But the uh, what we want to do is keep the relational bridge open and focus on validating the emotions, and making sure they know that we are happy to be with them, even if they don't agree with us. And it's all part of that loving your enemies uh, thing that Jesus talks about, right? Okay. So when I say there's an exception to it, I'm going to Matthew 23 and Jesus talking to the Pharisees And the teachers of the law, and he's calling them snakes and vipers, right? And saying that they're sons of hell, that they're going to hell, that their destiny is deserved, right? What is up with that, right? (laughs) What is up, you know? And I'm like, that doesn't sound like loving your enemies when you first look at it. But when you think about it this way, those people were on their way to hell. They were blind guides who were going in a bad direction. And Jesus knew they needed a jolt, right? They needed something to really wake them up from this. And there is a time for brutal honesty, right? <laughs> well, and, and I uh, would
0: also say that they were, they are supposed to be the mouthpieces of God for that generation and they were not being. No, they
1: were the mouthpieces for Satan, right? right? And so it was, uh, uh. and so you look at that and you're like, sometimes getting in somebody's face is the most loving thing you can do. It's just that, we're so quick to justify our actions that we have to be really careful about. That's one thing when Jesus is doing it, because, you know, his motivations are right. In our case, we want to, as much as possible, make sure that we're validating first and then comforting. And then and comforting is where we share truth, um, because part of comforting is giving people a new perspective. And sometimes we can do that a way where it's like with an intervention with somebody, where it's like, hey, you got to wake up to what's going on here. And the most loving thing you can do is have the intervention. Um, but you want to make sure that you're doing out of love. The danger comes when we are brutally honest with people for our own benefit, not theirs. And that is, I just want this to go away. I don't like having to deal with this. I don't like how it makes me feel. Because, you know, And so what I'm really just trying to do is fix them quick so that I don't have to deal with this anymore. And that's the flesh. That is not love.
0: Mm-hmm. What about just uh, like casual you know, maybe something isn't, you know, high energy, toxic thinking, you know, but it's just, I can tell this person is just constantly fear mapping the world. And, you know, how do I protect myself from now fear mapping like them? Or how do I help insert some joy? I don't know. Yeah. That well, could be it, too big of a topic right here.
1: It's but. a pretty big topic, but I will say that, you know, what, there's there's a temptation to avoid here. And that is taking responsibility for them. Like it is now my job to fix the way they look at the world. Um, so we do have to be spirit led in this because there's not always a concrete principle. Do it this way. This is what you do. Sometimes it's like, God, how do you want me to handle this in the moment? Amen. Um, the uh, When I am t- going to talk to somebody about their thinking, part of this is finding out how open they are, mm-hmm. right? Because there's some people who are locked in their thinking and they don't want any help and you're just going to become their adversary by trying to help them. And you've got to decide, is this?
0: I mean, are there nonverbal things though that, you know? Or, well, mostly- nonverbals,
1: yeah. I mean, you can, you want to show in your body and your face that you understand how they're feeling. Um, you want to stay eye contact and present without staring them down mm-hmm. and making them feel like you what you're, you know, what like, uh, are you crazy? You know, you got to be careful of your nonverbals and stuff like this because you can say all the right things, but all your nonverbals are saying the opposite. Um, so we are trying to connect with people and the emotion that they're actually experiencing and then see how open they are to movement. And beyond that, I'm not not sure I have a clear principle in mind. Okay. Do you have one in mind?
0: I mean, I my I didn't go into that, but as you were talking about, I, I was thinking about um the all the different levels of where you meet people, like if they're at different levels of the brain and where you meet them at in those levels but that would be a whole different (laughs) different episode
1: Um, yes we know we actually have five s's around that so, so and i don't know if i can pull them off the top of my head right now so yeah yeah
0: no 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 worries no worries um there was a lot of good here and we are coming up to the end of the episode so do you have any closing thoughts to wrap up attacking toxic thinking
1: yeah well you know I remember walking into a uh, Starbucks one time and seeing an ad for an Alcoholics Anonymous on the uh, bulletin board, and I uh, I laughed when I got to the bottom of the of the brochure because it said just ignore that committee in your head. <laughs> I'm like, how many of us can kind of relate to that? Like, we've our, our what's really hard is sometimes I've got anxious thoughts despairing thoughts, disgusting thoughts, angry thoughts, fearful. I, like I have all of these thoughts going, pulling me in different directions. The Bible talks about a double-minded man being unstable in all of his ways. And if you think about it, what it means to be double-minded. It means I'm being pulled in different directions internally by the narratives that are running through my head. So part of this is trying to sort out the emotions, sort out the narratives that are connected to the emotions. And uh, and sometimes I get just tell the devil, get out of here. Or distract myself out of it and ask God to give me something true to focus on instead and I found in my own journey that sometimes it's it's not helpful to try to figure it all out. you know sometimes it's not helpful in the moment to try to figure out why am I feeling this way, what am I exactly sometimes it's okay just to distract yourself out of it and um, find something else to think about and just replace the thought um, long term, we may need some help with a, a counselor or a prayer minister you know, to, to get at some of those roots. So I think there's a difference between in the moment and long-term.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's helpful to think about. Thank you so much, my father. And hey, thank you all for joining us on the trail today. Deeper Walk exists to make heart-focused discipleship the norm for Christians everywhere. If you'd like to support this cause, you can become a Deeper Walk trailblazer with your monthly donation of $25 or more. And if you want to keep going deeper with us on your walk with God, please subscribe to the On The Trail podcast, leave a review and share with your friends. Thanks again. We'll see you back next week.